Recently, I was walking sky along the bus route, listening to different speakers in headphones, and this quote from C.S. Lewis caught my attention. He said, you have only to stay over Christmas with a family who seriously tried to keep it in its commercial aspect in order to see that the thing is a nightmare. Long before the 25th of December, everyone is worn out, physically worn out by weeks of daily struggle in overcrowded shops, mentally worn out by the effort to remember all the right recipients and to think out suitable gifts for them. They are in no trim for merrymaking, much less if they should want to, to take part in the religious act. They look far more as if there had been a long illness in the house. <laughs> I'm laughing now. I burst out laughing when I heard this while I was walking on the bus route because it's 100% true. Am I alone in that? <laughs> when Christmas came, I was like, oh my goodness. Hurry up. All of this weariness that so many of us feel, it's overwhelming. And then what happens? It tends to spill out into our family relationships. Parents notice they start losing their patience with their children. Siblings start bickering and throwing temper tantrums. Spouses find all kinds of new resentments to harbor against one another. And arguments start erupting between cousins. And so here we are now, right? On the other side of that holiday rush between Thanksgiving and Christmas, probably tired, maybe a little bit tattered, and we're celebrating the great gift of the family on today's feast. That's my sense of humor. And I love everything about it. I really do. I appreciate, particularly now, the opportunity to reflect on the gift that the family is particularly through the stories of two families, that of Abraham and that of Mary. Now, in both, the family itself appears as sheer gift from God. The letter to the Hebrews describes Abraham's body as, quote, good as dead, and Sarah's womb as barren when God promised them son. The gospel, of course, recounts the divine intervention that brought about the birth of Christ, and it's good and worthy to pause and to reflect on the sacred dignity and the gift that families are, because they really are, especially during times when we might not be feeling so appreciative. However, that said, there is something else that is going on here. On the very day that we celebrate the incredible gift of the family, we can already see a tension in the Word of God, a call to sacrifice that gift for something even greater. What do I mean? After explaining how Abraham received Isaac by faith, Paul continues in Hebrews and, quote, by faith, Abraham, when put to the test, offered up Isaac. He who had received the promises was ready to offer his only son. Why? Because that's what God asked of him. Simeon says to Mary, her son will be a sign of contradiction and a sword will pierce her maternal heart too. And so what happens is that like Abraham, Mary is put in a position 
where she has to offer up her only beloved son. And so what we're seeing is that at the very moment that God is highlighting or underscoring the sacred gift of the human family, that which is most precious to us, he actually subjects it to the greater good of the family of God, which is the mission of the natural family. And I want to state that clearly because this is a difficult news. The family that we participate in in the order of nature, is ordered toward the supernatural family of God. And when these two realities come into conflict, the priority is given to God's family. And that's hard. That is very hard. But that truth permeates both of these stories. When God promises Isaac to Abraham, what does he do? He makes a covenant with him. And a covenant isn't a contract, it's not an agreement. It's an event that takes two unrelated parties and makes them into a family. And so what we're seeing is that at the very dawn of Abraham's natural family, God is linking it to the activity of his own mission to build the family of God. And of course, that family, those numerous descendants, as, as plentiful as the stars in the sky, is the church. Mary, likewise, after having received everything from God, her husband, her son, this whole new life, watches as each of them is asked of her for the sake of the mission. And you notice she makes this offering willingly. She's the one who initiates Christ's ministry at Cana, even though she knows it's going to end in his death. Because it's the Father's will. She's standing there at the foot of the cross while other people are telling her son to come down off of that wood. And she says nothing about him saving himself. Because that is the Father's will. God is using this moment to establish his family, that is the church. And she's subjecting this natural good, and I'm sure it's taking all of her existence to do it, to the greater good of that family. And for many of us, that is the toughest part about being a disciple of Jesus Christ. When people pursue marriage or try to build their families in ways that are far from God's intentions or embrace lifestyles that are contrary to the gospel, plan and prioritize events that conflict with our practice of the faith, it is very hard, very hard to choose Christ. And believe me, I get it. I'm in the exact same boat as everybody else here. Just last night, I was on a Zoom secret Santa with my family spread across the country, and we're all clapping for things that I can't clap for because of decisions that people are making. And there I am, the one stationary bobblehead on the Zoom chat, <laughs> having to make a choice. And it's extremely uncomfortable, and everybody knows what I'm doing. Yet this is what we are called to do because Jesus is asking of our fidelity. That's the logic behind difficult statements like the one who loses his life will save it and the one who seeks to save it will lose it. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And Abraham and Mary believe that. 
But what's interesting is look what happens for Abraham and Mary when they are faithful. Both of them get their sons back. But they also get the family of God. Abraham becomes the father, not just of Isaac, but of all the Israelites, of all of us. Mary becomes the mother of the church. She's our mother. And Jesus gives us to her from the cross at the moment she is offering him up for the, to the Father. And so too, will we belong to a wholesome and a holy family if we place ourselves, our relationships, at the service of the family of God.